This podcast covers all things health, your body, your brain, and your well-being. Each week, we'll be joined by doctors, as well as the occasional guest, to talk about the health topics that mean the most to you. Apparently, we already have enough questions for the next several months. But uh, uh, one of the questions was related to stress and hypertension and blood pressure. And it was kind of a question that seemed to be require a little bit more of... Uh, uh, of coverage than just answering it in, in that format. So, uh, to me, stress and hypertension is something we see every day, all day long. It's a big part of what we see. It's kind of took like okay, stress and hypertension, yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, when you're in something all day, it seems so obvious and so normal and everything. And then you, when you get a question like that, you realize that that. Uh, um, that there's a, a, a lot of folks out there wondering about the connections and what the mechanisms are and so on and so forth. So I think the question was more specifically about the ren- renin-angiotensin-aldosterone or renin-angiotensin system mm-hmm, or mm-hmm. something along those nature. So I, and how stress affects it. And how stress affects it. So they must have been trolling through the internet or something like mm-hmm. that, looking and uh, about stress right. and how to get rid of it. Right. Other I wouldn't say trolling because trolling has a different connotation. I'm not an internet guy. <laughs> we do this right every week. Every week we sit here. I don't know Facebook. I don't. Know, I don't know Twitter. I don't know internet, and I don't know what trolling means. So now I know it, I, it's something I probably yeah. have to learn what it means. Okay. All right. So relative to stress in the renin-angiotensin system. So basically, we have systems in our kidney that help to know if you're bleeding out, and those systems, in essence, will raise blood pressure in the event that like, you severed an artery. And that's kind of the way renal physiology works in control of blood pressure. And that's how everybody learns it. <clears throat> well, in guidance physiology, it says that 90% of high blood pressure is essential, uh, according to at least the last edition I looked at. And so that means, in essence, usually that it's stress. You're they stressed. think it's chronic stress that's affecting blood pressure. Now, there are other factors, clearly, if you have diabetes, if you're overweight, if you have heart disease, hardening of the arteries, that can all affect blood pressure as well. But stress is clearly a factor. And I attached some articles today where they looked at college students, for example, who are studying for a test, and they did find that when they're under stress, their renin levels go up, and that their blood, that can affect blood pressure. There's also a lot of association between things like PTSD and other stressful circumstances and raising renin levels. So the answer is yes. Stress is going to affect the release of renin through release of adrenaline and the juxtaglomerular apparatus in the kidney where renin is released from uh, has beta-1 adrenergic receptors, uh, which are adrenal, uh, basically, adrenaline receptors that will release renin. Now that's a technical description, but the person who wanted this video probably wanted that answer. Well, that's what they asked for. That's what they asked for. So that's why I'm giving you that, those nuances there. Uh, Other really interesting facets include how renin and the whole angio, just maybe another little backup. So renin is released from the kidney. Renin talks to the liver where you have angiotensinogen, and then there's conversion of angiotensinogen to angiotensin-1, and then there's conversion from angiotensin-1 to angiotensin-2. 
a lot of that happens in the lungs. And most of your blood pressure medications are either trying to block one of the angiotensin mechanisms or the angiotensin converting enzymes. So there's ACE inhibitors. ACE inhibitors, and then there's ARBs, which are angiotensin receptor ARBs, blockers. Yeah. So that's how blood pressure physiology works, but they're finding that the medications used to augment angiotensin and the converting enzyme can have dramatic effects on improving PTSD and other stressful circumstances. Say that again? I, I so, like. yeah, drugs that are used to control angiotensin metabolism can have dramatic effects on PTSD. Because, oh, I that. yeah, in the brain, there are all these negative feedbacks. So, basically, if you're stressed, the cortisol goes up, your brain should sense the cortisol is up. And then it should cause the cortisol to go down. But in a lot of the term of psychopathology, basically your anxiety disorders, your depressive disorders, cortisol will go up and it will stay up chronically. And we talk about that in other videos and the really harmful physiologic effects of that. Well, they're finding a similar circumstance where the feedback mechanism for this renin-angiotensin system becomes off in conditions of the chronic stressful state like PTSD. And... By using these medications, they're seeing an actual improvement in some of these symptoms, at least in animal studies. So it's exciting. Okay. So I'm going to take it in a little different direction. Uh -huh. uh, well, I, it was hard to know. Like, the question was, the question was something relative to uh, how does stress affect the renin angiotensin? Right. Right. In other words, uh, how does stress affect blood pressure? So you just got the, the explanation on that. Um, and if you were in the alternative world, the question might have been how does stress affect uh, adrenal glands? <laughs> because everything in the alternative world is about the adrenal glands. If you can't fix the adrenal glands, you can't fix anything. And we did a, uh, uh, several articles on uh, how the adrenal glands is the wrong target, that the real right target is the brain. Now, for the person who asked that question, me, I would kind of take maybe another step and say, okay, that's the way it's done in the medical world, is the target is the, is the uh, renin-angiotensin system. Would you say in the functional neurology world the target is the brain? I would say so, yeah. I mm -hmm. think maybe that might be cool mm -hmm. to talk about because, because really in our world, the patients who are showing up here mm -hmm. already are taking adrenal supplements out the wazoo. Some of them are on two blood pressure medications, and their blood pressure is still high. Mm -hmm. and, I, and, and that might be something interesting to share with them that in order for us to... So we do chronic pain. For those of you who have never seen us before, basically we've developed a chronic pain practice. It's been very interesting. Started off with fibromyalgia, chronic fatigue, peripheral neuropathy, and it's just kind of expanded. It's pretty much just about any kind of chronic pain that you can imagine. It's, and... and uh, and then there's cases we can't do, and there's cases that are extremely straightforward. I'll never say the word easy again. I made the mistake of saying that to a patient one time, and they thought yeah. they were going to be better in a week. Uh, but, but we have that. We run that whole spectrum. And one of the big things is they're all in a chronic fight-flight syndrome. Mm -hmm. they all have, they're all under some sort of stress. Some of them high, have higher blood pressure than the others. But getting them, off, getting them down off of that ledge... With preferably without the drugs is 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 really where you want to go. Um, mm -hmm. Is that something that you think somebody might want to hear? Who well, is interested yeah, first in this, I would say we're not telling you to go off your case. blood pressure medications. I no, know no. You're not saying that, but no, I just no. want to be And we don't that. take people off of yeah. them until right. it's obvious that 
they're overdosing on their yeah, blood and pressure then we medication. Refer back and to they start going prescribe that. You know. Yeah. So yeah, in essence, getting to the bottom of it, your stress response is driving this mechanism. So what is why is that stress response so chronically hyperactive? And usually as we've talked about in the other videos, your frontal lobes are being damaged by the high levels of cortisol, as is your memory area, termed the hippocampus. And then that results in a release of the fear center. And that can be one of the main mechanisms. We see a lot of people have been through very adverse early life circumstances, and that can affect this mechanism as well. It may just be your chronic daily stress too. We see patients all the time where you know they lose loved ones, they have problems with their kids, like you know kids dying or uh, losing businesses and things like that. Things that are chronically stressful for an individual. And then, you know, you have somebody who's sitting there who has 10% body fat and they have a blood pressure of 170 over 100. Well, it's usually a, a stress mechanism. Yeah, yeah if, you're not, if you're not having that pathology, if you're not having a kidney problem, if you're not having a heart problem, if you're not having coronary artery problem or bleeding out or dehydrated or whatever, then it's going to be that you're, you, you're in this chronic fight-flight response and, 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 or, or you could call it PTSD or, or some combination of both. Usually we find it's from some sort of a emotional trauma or I'm seeing more perfectionists and type A's lately. Mm -hmm. You could be a type A, yeah, you could be perfectionist. Absolutely. And all of that will drive that uh, renin-angiotensin system too. So mm -hmm. I just thought, yeah, 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 I just thought maybe kind of giving both sides of the coin might be mm -hmm. interesting to whoever asked that question. Gotcha. So, yeah. and maybe not, but now it's out there, so you can decide. <laughs> okay. All right, so that's it. I think that's it. Yeah. All right, so that kind of wraps it up on uh, on stress and blood pressure. And so this is important. You want to know how to get better. Now, there's going to be some nuggets in here that are going to help some of you. There's going to be some of you who are like, you know, throwing spitballs <laughs> at your at your screen going, wow, this guy's like an idiot. But I'm telling you, these are the basics of how to get better. And if you bypass these, plus the ones we're going to be talking about over the next week or two, you are going to have a hard time getting better at all. And if you get better, you're going to, have, you're going to be the person who has to keep doing it over and over and over again because there are things that are Sabbath. So wrap up this week's presentation. And, and um, I'm here to educate you. We're here to try to answer the questions that we've had over the last you know, six or seven years or eight years or whatever it's been. And, um, and so please do that. So until next week, uh, I hope you, uh, if you're, if you're enjoying this, then, then, you know, please don't miss next week. Next week is kind of a big, big deal in most people's, uh, uh, journey to wellness. So, okay, that's it for this week. Thank you for watching again and, uh, take care. This will conclude the episode. Thanks for tuning in. If you like what you hear, please leave a comment and subscribe. Thank you.